<laughs> Talk about these people that make me have a heart attack at the beginning of a show. I'm telling you. Come and in. She's not even talking about our guest. She's talking about me. You know how I love to talk to her. <laughs> she does. My dog, my dog has a normal Thursday evening ritual now. It is let's go in and off of the paper 500 times, yak on my floor every Thursday. It's like, you know, right before the show. Going, oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. But tonight, though, I'm excited about this guest. Now, I did the test with him. You weren't there, um, which I know. Did it without me. Right. Right. I'm gonna have paranormal thing. So you know it turned into a big conversation. So um, you know, my my up my alley. I love it. <laughs> so I'm gonna play his video, his intro video. He'll be with us as soon as it's over. Good evening and welcome to the Fox Den. I am Gina B here with Mama D every Thursday evening from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and watch for our pop-up shows as well. Tonight we welcome Mike Anthony. He has been a professional actor and a not-so-professional bartender. It was the role of the latter that he was lucky enough to experience from an up-close perspective the ride that Hamilton, an American musical, took as it rocketed into Broadway history. His first book, Life at the Hamilton, chronicles his extraordinary time there. Beyond his life in theater, Mike's journey took an unexpected turn when his dad passed, leading him down a remarkable path of discovery. He now spends a good portion of his time exploring evidence suggestive of the survival of the consciousness beyond the demise of the physical body. A part of Mike's story will be told in the documentary series, Surviving Death. His book, Love, Dad, How My Father Died and Told Me He Didn't, will be featured tonight, and we welcome you to the Fox Den. And I'm going to say it with my, with my uh, Massachusetts accent. As a bartender... <laughs> I just thought the music on that video went yeah, well, good. like a like a piano bar. Makes me feel right <laughs> at home. That accent makes me feel right at home. Right, because he's from Connecticut. So, yeah, that's like the I'm next. I'm from Canada. Okay, fine. I'm going yeah. home now. <laughs> Hi, Sharon. Hi, Michelle. Um, you guys, I love you. Please share the show. But, um, yes, you're, the book, you know, like I was saying earlier when we did our test and I was talking to you, and Right when I talked to you, I had already read like um, just the first, I don't know, few few chapters or so. Yeah. And I said the very first chapter had me in tears, Mama, because it was bringing. I watched the movie. It was bringing up a lot of stuff. This is not a movie. I, this is <laughs> not, uh, yeah, not yet. Netflix. Yeah. Then I watched the Netflix, Netflix video. Surviving, surviving death. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's yeah, that's part of the thing. But but the first chapter, though, you you know your descriptions and everything, I was bawling. It brought up a lot of memories of of how you know my husband passed away. So it's a really good book now. But it is a lot about your dad. A lot about you. Um, how do I, where do we even begin? What your journey in this book, trying to discover, you know, how is it possible to connect to the other side? Now, me, you'll be preaching to the choir, right? Because I, I understand it. And a lot of people that, that watch the show can understand it. But now, were you involved or, or had any kind of inkling 
that any of this even happened before well, I saw the past. I, I certainly had an inkling that people told told stories about it happening. Uh, I, I've long been interested in the uh, quote unquote paranormal. Um, you know, when I, I tell the story in high school uh, about how when I was in high school, I was the co-founder of the Phenomenology Club, uh, which is where all the most popular kids gathered uh, on Wednesdays after school. And we, yeah. you know. <laughs> we investigated everything from, you know, the Loch Ness Monster to Bigfoot to ghosts to aliens and UFOs, uh, all of that stuff. Um, but at the same time, I've also long been interested in science. And uh, before I became, I ended up becoming an actor, you know, before I, which led to bartending. Uh, but before that, I had intended to be a high school science teacher. So um, and that's what I studied in college uh, initially for the first three or four years actually of college and science, you know, the mainstream scientific materialist paradigm says that unequivocally there is no life after death. That's the mainstream paradigm that uh, consciousness, what we think of as consciousness is just chemical reactions happening in the brain. And when the brain stops getting oxygen, that's the end of the story. Um, and I've never fully believed that. You know, I've always sensed that we're a lot more than than just our bodies. Um, and, and until my dad died, that vague sense that we're more than our bodies was enough for me. You know, that was enough to, to go on happily, believing that there's a good chance that we survive in some way. But once he died, you know, that vague sense wasn't enough anymore. Then, mm -hmm. then I needed like real hard proof, which I was right. under the impression wasn't there. Right, right. Now you were very close with your dad, yes? Very close, yeah. He was, my dad was this amazing guy. Uh, and, you know, I, I think we spoke, Gina, that, you know, my family is nuts, like so many families are in their own uh, beautiful way. And my dad was absolutely the center of that uh, hurricane. You know, he was the calm in the center of the storm. And he was the guy you called no matter what. If anything went right in your life or anything went wrong in your life, he, he was the first call because he had such a calming energy about him that all you had to do is be in a room with this guy and it changed how you felt. So, um, <laughs> that's, that's mama for me. Oh, is that right? Oh, that's yeah. great. That's but great. when I, when I pass over, I'm going to come back and haunt everybody. Students in particular. I now have no doubt about that. No doubt about that. Oh, going to Facebook. Sharon's, Sharon's leaving YouTube, going to Facebook. Okay. Well, we'll be here wherever you go. We're here. <laughs> All right. But um, but now explain though to the people that are, are watching now, um, your family dynamic. So your your parents were divorced, but however, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, my family's odd in that my mom and dad got divorced very early on. They got married right out of high school, so they were kids. You know, um, they had me when they were twenty two or something, you know, and then, um, they, since they'd been together since they were 13 years old, 12, 13 years old, by the time they were in their early twenties, um, you know, the excitement of, of the first puppy love is wearing off and it just didn't work out. Um, and my mom met, met someone else, uh, my stepdad, and this is all public. It's in the book and my mom, you know, it's all, we're all open about this and it all worked out the way that it was supposed to. But at the it's not, time, it's not a normal for any, you know, families to no. go through this. You know? Not that part is totally normal. The part that might be a little less um, uh, uh, common is that my mom and my dad ended up remaining best friends for the rest of their lives uh, to the point that, and my dad befriended my stepfather, 
you know, and, and, and so they stayed like this. Uh, my it mom, should my, be, that should be the norm. I know it should be, it should be. Uh, should. Me and my, yeah. Cause I was, I was married twice. My first, my first husband, I divorced. We were not good married. However, we're friends now. My second husband obviously passed away. Yeah. And, that's uh, what, yeah. But, yeah. But, but we, you know, I'm still friends now with, um, you know, with my yeah. and, and why that's shouldn't you be? You should. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my mom had cheated on my father with my stepfather. And at the time my dad was utterly devastated. If right. it had been up to my dad, they would have been, they would have lived together for the rest of their lives, you know? And I don't think he ever fully got over my, you know, he, she, she was his person, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And as it turns out, uh, you know, my mom now believes that they are soulmates, that they have a connection that goes even deeper <laughs> Than, than this life. So when, when he died, she was the one on the ground with him as the paramedics are there, you know, refusing to let go of his hand, of his, of his cold body, you know, not, not wanting right. them to take him away. So that's, right. that's the nature of that, that relationship. Right. And I mean, twin flames, soulmates, all these things, you've looked into every aspect and you've covered that in the book of what happens after, you know, with even with childhood things which we'll get into in a little bit. I don't want to jump. I don't want to go skipping ahead, but I just want to kind of go along the line of the story, how it's going. So now here's your, here's your dad, kind of like the glue of the family always showing up and you know what I mean? And just, he'd be there no matter what. Yeah. And always happy for you guys, no matter what, just mm -hmm. all around great guy and a sports freak. But <laughs> so um, how did you learn though about your, dad dying where were you i was working i was uh, bartending on broadway um and it was just before intermission and my sister frantically called me saying have you talked to dad today you know have you talked to dad and i said no you know and obviously something wasn't right and we hung up uh and then she called back again about 10 minutes later and now li literally intermission is happening so and it was a comedy that I was working at, right? So the, the curtain oh. comes down, everyone's in great spirits. And you know, on Broadway, you're suddenly crushed by a thousand people who want their drinks in the, you know, yeah. the 15 minute intermission. So yeah. I suddenly I'm flooded. My sister says to me on the phone, you know, she's screaming. My sister is wailing on the phone. Uh, I write in the book that as an actor, you know, I'd read the word whale before, like in Greek tragedies, but I did mm -hmm. not really know what that word meant until I heard mm -hmm these terrible sounds coming out of my yeah. sister. My mom was screaming also. That was, yeah, that was me when I had to call 911 when my husband passed away. Yeah. So I just never, I don't even yeah. know where that came from. So yeah. That. It's such a, you know, it's something that you're just never, there's no way to prepare for that. And, uh, you know, un, things happen. That, now, yeah. Now you're in the middle of working and. Yeah. So she says, he, he's gone, he's gone, he's gone. And I, I hang up the phone and now I, 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 I'm making drinks and I write about in the book how I, I was in complete shock. I have this very clear memory. I'm like making a drink for a woman, uh, you know, like making her rum and coke saying, how's the show? Are you enjoying the show? You know, and I went through the whole intermission like that. And then uh, after after the shift, I was walking from Grand Central to the train because uh, my family lived in Connecticut. And uh, that was when I started to have my very first panic attack uh, was on mm -hmm. that on that walk to the train station. 
Wow. That is so scary. Again, like I can relate to so much of this stuff. My dad had had um, heart attacks a few times. And actually the first time he had three heart attacks, he died two of those times. Oh, and wow. my, mom, my mom brought him back and then they had to revive him in the ambulance oh, on the way to the hospital. And then again, you know, like at the hospital, they revived. It's like, what the hell? You know, but I got the news and I'm driving as I'm driving. The only thing I'm just like, no, daddy, no, daddy, no, daddy. <laughs> like, not my daddy, not my daddy. And yeah. I'm driving and that's all I can, you know, it's like I'm, I'm rocking and driving and I don't even remember the drive. Yeah. You know, but I just remember that. And it's yeah. like, no, you just can't do this to me. You just can't. You yeah. Know? And it's got to. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of, you know, we all know, right, that we're going to die. We all know that abstractly. Yeah. Yep. From from the time that we're kids and the goldfish goes to the he toilet heaven or whatever happens <laughs> to your goldfish. Uh, but until that moment really happens, until you're confronted with it face to face in your life, uh, you, you can just never be ready for, 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 for it, you know. Not at all. Not at all. It's crazy. Yeah. So now, okay, so how was your family during all this now? Because you had to go, You how did you find him? Like... Yeah, it was, cr it was crushing. Um, my dad and I were together on Monday night watching a Monday night football game and everything was great. My dad was only 60 years old, by the way, and he was a very young 60. You know, uh, I think I mentioned to you, Gina, that if anyone in our family we thought had a shot at making it to 100 years old, it was definitely yeah. my dad. You know, he was in great shape. He worked as a FedEx uh, delivery driver, which is a very active job. Um, and there was just no hint to us whatsoever, that there was anything physically wrong with this guy, anything at all. We thought we had many decades left to go. So my dad and I were watching this football game together. We had this great political debate, which we always had. Um, and then the football game ended and we hugged and we were at my mom's house watching this game. And then he left the house. And as I said, my mom and dad stayed friends for their whole lives. So his house was right around the corner from her house. He drove the five minutes, walked in the house and died. And we know it was that fast because he still had his keys in his hand. So he just went up the steps and then he died. Um, the way that we found out is, so that was a, a Monday night and he was due to work the following morning on Tuesday and he never showed up for work that day, which my dad and would he never, never. And he never missed work, right? I, I think like he literally never missed work. Like I don't think he ever actually ever called in for a day of work, uh, you know, missing a day of work ever in his life. He, he had this work, this very old school, uh, work ethic, you know, like, like you. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> he, so when he didn't show up, a friend, a coworker of his was so worried. Um, cause she knew that was absolutely not something he would do. Uh, she mm -hmm. drove to his house after work and she banged on his door and nobody answered. And so she was the one who called the cops and that's how, that's how we found out so oh my god so now how do you go from this now you have to go through you know all the arrangements and all that kind of stuff and now you have to go through his things yeah and that was tough right i mean oh god it was the worst yeah I, I mean it was completely surreal for a while i i couldn't quite comprehend the idea that the world no longer had my dad in it, you know, uh, like it, it just didn't feel real. It, it didn't seem, the guy was so alive just a minute ago, just a minute ago, he was such a huge part of our lives. And now he's, the picture is missing him. And it just felt impossible that that could be real. 
and, and going through his things, you know, all of his little handwritten notes. My dad kept like, he, he, he watched the stocks, you know, with the very little money that he had left over from his uh, FedEx job. You know, he, he very carefully invested into, into the stock market, you know, and uh, not a whole he, lot. He mentioned that to you though, before he, he left, didn't he? He did. Yeah. He, he had wanted to talk to me and my sister about, um, starting to put money, his money into our names. Um, and when I think about all of it now, it seems like my dad, like on a subconscious level, he must have had, yeah, must've had some sense that something was up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. Was that whole realm. Now you've delved, you, you dove head first into this whole realm uh, on, on so many aspects and so many levels. Oh yeah. You know, and uh, to make, and to go all out and spend all your own money to make a documentary on the facts too, on mediums, on yeah. everything, everything that can happen to you, you know, when the spirit dies. But why, why did you do all that? Um, because I was desperate to know, uh, if my, if my dad was still there, as some people claim, right. Uh, that life does go on. I needed to know it for sure. Just having someone tell me that he was okay, just having some religious text tell me that life goes on, that was not enough. I needed to know. But what really started it, what really started this whole thing uh, was, first of all, we, we started to get these signs from my father, things that felt like they could not be coincidence, right? Like just a, a, a quick one. As we're going through all of his stuff, right? That day I told at his house, in that pile of, of scrap paper and, and his handwritten notes, we find this little piece of paper that he had torn off, like a two-inch piece of paper that had the words, believe, tell Jen on it. Just those three words, believe, tell Jen. Jen is my sister. And we had no idea what that could mean. Uh, and then further down in the pile, there's another piece of paper. Same thing, a little scrap piece, like two inches, that says, Believe, a country song. And we realized that this must have been a song that my dad had heard on the radio that he'd meant to tell my sister about, which is something he did all the time. My dad communicated through music all the time in his life. Uh, you know, my like when, when we were kids, we have this uh, fantastic memory. My dad put us in the car one day and he played a Carol King song. And he said, I want you to listen to these words. This is how I, I feel. You. Yeah, it was the song Child of Mine. And he said, you know, this is how I feel about you. So my dad used music all the time when he was alive to communicate with us. Yeah. And if he found us, heard a song on the radio or something that he thought we would like, he would tell us about it. So we were brokenhearted thinking that he, he had forgotten to tell my sister. He never told us about this song. Um, so anyway, the next day uh, we're getting ready for, for the wake. And my mom wanted to have some music playing at the wake. So uh, we're putting a playlist together. And I, I said, oh, you know, go to iTunes and, and, and look for Believe in country music and see if we can find that song. As it turns out, it's a Brooks and Dunn song that's about a guy whose wife and child died, but he was able to go on with his life because he had zero doubt that life goes on after death. And it ends with the line, you can't tell me it, it all ends in a slow ride in a hearse. And we were sitting on the couch just sobbing. So what are the ch how many songs, popular songs are out there that are about life after death? You know, not, not that many. Um, and this song, by the way, was not popular right then. My, it was on the radio like years before. So my dad must have heard it all those years ago. And that's why it was down in that pile and had forgotten about it. And if he had told us about that song way back then, we would have thought, oh, this is a nice song. This is great. Uh, but 
hearing it on the couch that morning, it became the most precious song that we ever heard. So needless to say, it made the wake playlist, right? So that would have been interesting enough. Yeah. But uh, after the funeral, I was driving back to New York. And for the first time, I was alone after my dad's death. And you, you know how it is when a funeral is happening and you're suddenly making all of the plans for the services and you're, you're, there's this whirlwind of stuff. And there's a good chance you're not really dealing yet with the actual loss, right? You're not processing it yet. And I was in the car by myself driving to New York and I'm suddenly sobbing on the highway. Uh, I, I remember wanting to reach over to pick up my phone to call my dad. And the thought that he was never going to be on the other end of that line again, that I was never going to hear his voice again, I couldn't handle it. And I, and I started to, to sob. And I'm thinking, I, I, I have to pull over because I, I, I'm not going to be able to see. So the whole time I'm driving, the radio had been on in the background. Now, back at that time, ever since the advent of iPods, right, I always listen to my own music when I go get in the car. It's just a natural uh, force of habit. I get in, I plug in my iPod, now my iPhone, and it's my own music playing. That day, I was just so... Uh, yeah, just I just didn't have the energy. Yeah, so I didn't plug my phone in that day. So the radio happened to be on in the background. I, but guess, it, what, guess what song played? Guess Mom? what? I, I had not been even hearing it. And then so as I'm sobbing and getting ready to, to, to pull off of an exit, to try to pull myself together, I hear these words. And, and I, I'm going to turn the volume up. And I was actually afraid to turn up the volume because if I was hearing what I thought I was hearing, I was like, I am going to absolutely lose control of this car if, if, if I'm hearing what I think I'm hearing. And I turn it up and the words are blasting. You can't tell me that it all ends in a slow ride in a hearse. And I call, and this is, again, this is a song that is years old at this point, years old. And I call my sister and I'm screaming, listen to this, listen to this. Um, and that just struck me as profoundly um, uh, significant in the moment. And the, and the chances of, be, of it being a, a coincidence seemed very far-fetched. Uh, in that moment, it felt to me like, this is my dad. Somehow, my dad, out of body, did whatever a, a, a dead guy has to do to get a DJ at a radio station to play a song at the exact right time. That's what it felt like. Yep. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's it's amazing. It's amazing the things that come through. But it's amazing. We're always saying to people, look for the signs. Look for the signs. Yep. How many signs? The, these spirits can go around restlessly, trying, you know, and trying to get yeah. through to people that are just not paying attention. You know, they're leaving things. They're moving things. They're leaving. You know, dimes, quarters, nickels. Pen, you know, they 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 mean different things. Feathers. You know, whatnot. I mean, there's a lot of signs that are out there. And people aren't picking up on them, but now when you're fresh in it, when someone just passes, you're you are you you are looking. And your dad, yeah, I think it, he was like my late husband, very big spirit. So he was yeah. very big in death. He was very loud in death. I got mm. EVPs of him, like Class A EVPs of him. You know, mm -hmm, I've got mm -hmm. the flare pictures of him. Yeah, a lot, a lot of him. You know, yeah. The, him coming through with a psychic that I went to see for a friend of mine and he was there and I told yeah. him that story about how you know he said you girlied up my living room yeah, yeah, yeah how would the psychic know that you know so yeah. I mean this some psychics are great some psychics not so great but you know how did you end up in your your quest 
Yeah. Um, you, the first the first time you went to a psychic, like how, explain how that all happened, who set it up, who'd you go see, and what happened. Yeah. It, well, all of this stuff, it it felt like it happened to us, not that we uh, went searching for this. Like you mentioned, you know, looking for signs. The signs that my dad seemed to be giving us were so blatant that it was like being, yeah, like being slapped across the face. Um, like, like people see butterflies sometimes. I was like almost touched in the, like a butterfly literally had a stop in front of my face uh, for, for me to be like, hmm, that's odd, you know? <laughs> Mama's uh, a butterfly girl. Are you a butterfly? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so the, the, the things that were happening with my dad were like, blatant. It's not like I was saying, okay, dad, show me a sign. And I go outside and I look in the sky, like maybe there's a rainbow, you know, like these things <laughs> are happening yeah. to me. It yeah. felt like, yeah. and the same thing with mediumship. So mediumship I had been aware of from John Edward and the show crossing over when I was in high school, you know, I thought that was a very interesting television show, but again, it was a television show. And as I told you, Gina, when we talked earlier, um, I had assumed that if there was anything really concrete to what John Edward was doing, some science teacher would have told me about it, right? If there was, <laughs> I was sure that if any, no, real, if it doesn't go along with science. Science no. is like proven facts, and this this is like you know that's why we come into the play. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to prove it, yeah, you know, constantly. Yeah. Well, but, as it turns out, a lot of science has been done that to yeah, me oh, proves that mediumship true. is an actual real thing. But yeah. that was my mindset at the time that if there was any concrete evidence of that mediumship was a real thing, that there are people walking around this planet who can talk to dead people, surely science would have figured that out by now. And one of my science teachers, right after teaching me about, you know, cell division and, uh, and mitosis would have said, oh, and by the way, there's some evidence that some brains are able to talk to dead people. And since no <laughs> science teacher ever told me that, I thought, um, that what John Edward was doing was interesting, but there couldn't be a whole lot to it, right? So, yeah. so that's little, my little, little little fact about John Edward. Do you, Pookie, my my co-host here that used to be here, mm -hmm. uh, Chris Chris George, psychic medium, Chris George. That's his uncle. He's related to him. Oh, interesting. Yeah, very. In but, yeah, well, you, I, you bring him up a lot, a lot in the book. The book is amazing, people. Though I mean, the what he the length he went through. Yeah. So what, what happened was um, uh, out of the blue, completely out of the blue, a phone call comes into my mom's house. Now, this is like a couple of days after the funeral. So we've just buried my father. And my second cousin's husband called my mom's house like a day or so after, after burying him. Mm -hmm. And this guy is not someone that had ever called my mom's house before, right? I think I may have been at a wedding with him once when I was like a kid. I, when my mom called me to tell me the story, I couldn't even picture who this person was. That's how distant of a relation this guy is. So out of the blue, he calls my mom and he says, Liz, this is Chris. You know, you, you remember me? And she's like, yeah, hi, hi, Chris. Now she's assuming, she's very surprised that he's calling the house at all, uh, you know, but assuming he must be calling to offer condolences. But right. instead he says, uh, Liz, uh, do you know what I do? And she said, you know, he, he's a hospital administrator, it turns out. He, had, he has like a big time, like jacket and tie hospital, you know, like a, a very straight lace job at a hospital. Um, and he says, yes, but on the weekends... I am a ghost hunter. And she said, 
okay. And, and now my mom, <laughs> like, yeah. she's, she's utterly baffled at what this phone call could possibly be about. My mom had never heard of ghost hunting before. She had no idea what that could even mean. You know, is this like a prank call at this point? Like what is going on? And he then goes on to tell her that um, they had been investigating a house that that was having some paranormal activity, and he does it, you know, like you like you guys, you know, he, with all of the equipment and the scientific instrument instrumentation, and you know, they, they're like serious about this. And on their team, there is a medium, so they they were investigating a house that that had uh, some activity going on that couldn't be explained, and they brought in the medium. And she said, Chris, I have this person here, this guy named Robert, and I think he's somehow connected to your family. Uh, and he is desperate to get a message to his family that he's okay. He just died. I feel like this guy just died. And he is desperate to tell his family that he survived that death and he's okay. His name's Robert. And he somehow, uh, his family is somehow connected to a fish restaurant. And when she said that, my cousin remembered my sister owns a fish restaurant. And my dad's name is Robert. So that, that he put that together. And uh, so he ended up making the call. Uh, and, and Chris and I have now, and we're good friends now. We've talked a lot about this. Uh, and, and it's very funny to listen, listen to him now tell the story about trying to make that phone call to my mom. You know, I know. Said, it's like, they're going to think I'm nuts. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's so, he, when I first got into the paranormal, same thing. I'm like, I can't, I'm a designer. I can't be going, you know, yeah. uh, and, 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 you know, all the designers I know too, we rip apart houses. So yeah, there's activity all the time. We rip apart a house, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most of the time, you know, so no one yeah. says anything. No one talks about it. No one uh, agrees, you know, whatever. So it's like, Poo pooed upon, you know, don't know, no. But then yeah. I said, screw that. I am going to be doing what I, you know, I know is out there. So, yeah, you know, my, so, my whole thing started, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, so, the career stage. But man, you know, you tell those stories and then the, you tell the stories too. You know, well, this happened or, you know, like I have all this evidence, tons and tons and tons and tons of evidence, you know, that there is life after death, you know, between visual audio seeing it you know hearing it all this stuff myself things moving watching things happen especially in here my house, this house right yeah, like, yeah there's a lot that goes on and but you tell someone they say oh i don't believe in ghosts i don't believe in spirits but this happened everyone has a butt <laughs> right. you know, a but, but you know i remember this you know always yeah 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 so so after that happened with this with the, with this stranger, this medium, it was a complete stranger. She'd never met my dad or my family. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I ended up talking to Chris, and I, you know, given the way that my mind works, I needed every detail about how this happened. You know, I grilled Chris about this, and he eventually gave me the phone number to this woman, Christina, this medium who claimed to hear my dad, and I called her. And within minutes of talking to her, I'm thinking, this woman is not crazy. She is sweet. She is compassionate. Uh, she truly, I, it was clear to me that at the very least, she believed what she was saying. Yes. Um, and, it, and we had this great phone call. And then during the phone call, she said a couple of things. She's like, oh, your dad is saying this or that. And, and a couple of them were like, oh. How, how did she know that? You know, some interesting stuff. So I tell my sister about that, the phone call. And uh, and we were intrigued. Now, the next morning, after my sister and I are talking about this woman, the phone call I had with this medium, this non-professional medium. She wasn't a professional. She had a regular job. Um, um, 
her and Chris were in what they call the paranormal paranormal closet at that time, embarrassed really yep. to talk about this stuff, uh, worried that their colleagues would think uh, they were nuts for investigating haunted houses on the weekends. So the yep. following morning after the con that conversation, Jen is driving to work and she has the radio on and she just happens to catch that the radio station is doing a segment with a woman who calls herself a professional evidential medium. The station uh, 95.7, which is a popular station here in Connecticut that Jen listens to a lot. And she just happens to catch this random segment with this medium after we'd had this conversation the following evening. So that struck Jen as um, another uh, sign. Another interesting coincidence. Yeah, coincidence. Yeah, nothing is a coincidence. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and now this woman's calling her, you know, I mean, she's a professional so much. She's like on the radio giving readings to people. So she must be really good, I guess we're thinking. So Jen calls her and sets up an appointment. And that was when I did my first um, little experiment with, with mediumship. You did so many experiences. So many. So many. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, really, he would just, I mean, some, here's the thing. Some psychics want to know a little bit of information so that they can further, you know, um, and know what they're hearing, kind of make more sense of it. And others just spit out everything that they get, you know. But people like you go in and you're like, you're not giving up nothing. It's like you don't want to. You don't want to tell me name before you get there. You don't want to do. I was making up fake nothing. names. I was yeah. like making up fake email address. Yeah, I was going the distance. Yeah. Yeah, just to test them. So, how many? Uh, who was the first one that you went to? Was that the Angela? This, this woman, Angelina Diana, uh, who's in yeah. who's in Connecticut, and the way that I, the, 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 she was incredible. Like everything she was saying. Uh, none of it was published anywhere on Facebook. High, incredibly personal things. I, of course, I tell the whole story, the details of what she said yes. in the book. They were remarkable. But the mo the thing that blew me away uh, was I had um, I had set up a code word with my dad, uh, saying, "Okay, Dad, you know, I was in his house all by myself. My dad lived in the woods, a very isolated lot in in the middle of nowhere, and I was alone. And I said, "Okay, Dad, this woman's coming over tonight. If this thing, if this is real." I need you. Apparently you're like talking to this stranger medium. You know, you had you <laughs> found my second cousin and married to whoever who called out. If you have all of that energy, you should be able to get a message to this woman coming over tonight. And I said, I need you to say this very specific thing. And I came, came up with a code word. And then later that night, uh, she said the code word right to me. There were seven people in the room. She looked right at me and said the code word. And, uh, uh, that that is that's what really kicked off the investigation in earnest. All right, and then yes. then so now you're starting to go to all these mediums because you're getting you're you're feeling connection with your dad again. I mean, it's like your your dad is really desperately hanging on, you know, and he yeah. knows that you need this. Right. I mean, it started to feel. I mean, I'm thinking, okay, if there's any chance that this is real, if there's any even the glimmer of a chance that my dad is over there outside of a body trying to get messages to us. The least I can do is, is, is meet him halfway. You know, mm -hmm. I, I'm not just going to give up on this. I, I, if, if he really is over there putting in all of this effort, I got to try to figure out if this is real. And given the nature of the, the way the dominoes had been falling, uh, as well as these external signs that had been happening along the way. Like it wasn't just the song. There were these other things that were happening. They're all in the book. Um, it felt to me like something genuine could possibly be happening here. So 
yeah. So then after we had this meet, this experience with this first medium, then I start thinking, okay, well, what if it's telepathy, right? What if she's reading my mind and that's how she got the code word? Um, now, of course, if telepathy were proven to be true, that alone completely shatters everything that my science teachers taught me, right? That completely would shatter the current scientific paradigm entirely um, if it were just telepathy. So to try to test for that, we went to another medium. And this time my mom was not going to come with us. And so uh, this guy was a guy named Jonathan Lewis in Long Island. And when we left that morning, we said, okay, Ma, we, we need you to now talk to dad after we leave and you come up with a code word. You're not going to tell us. You're going to talk to dad all by yourself. We're going to go to this medium and see if dad can get this code word uh, to this medium. So it won't be in our brains. So at least telepathy uh, is ruled out as far as the people in the room go. And sure enough, uh, Jonathan Lewis was incredible. He is sort of the protege of John Edward. Uh, he, he's, uh, they're, they're good friends and he's the medium that John Edward sends people to now since, since he's so booked. Um, and everything, everything Jonathan Lewis. There's a, lot, there's a lot of good mediums in Long Island. I don't know what it is about uh, Long something Island. Something about Long Island. I, I know. In Staten Island. In Staten Island. I know. Um, you know, Chris is from Staten Island. You know. But, yeah. Something in the but, water out there. Yeah. <laughs> there yeah. Right. Honest, send it. Honest to God. Yeah. So uh, Jonathan Lewis, he was amazing. Again, said all of this stuff that's not published anywhere, not in any obituary, not nowhere online, highly personal things. Like he, he talked about part of the conversation my sister and brother-in-law had on the drive down, you yeah. know, like that level of specificity. Yeah. So, and, uh, and was he the one with the, the clothing incident? No, that was, that was, that was Anthony Diana at a later oh, time once right. I was testing her right. under controlled conditions. So, so anyway, everything Jonathan said, almost all of it made complete sense to us. There was just a couple of little things that did not make sense. And of course, one of them happened to be the code, the code word that my mom had given him. So that ruled out, he at least wasn't getting the uh, information out of our brains. If it was telepathy, yep. his brain was doing something incredible and somehow found my mom sitting in Connecticut, found her brain and got it out of her. Well, that's what the Nazis thought. You know, they were trying to, you know, use that for the war. They were trying to use all those psychics. Oh, the United States too. And, and yeah. But yeah, I think they, they started it. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 not like it's a new thing. Not no. at all. Never. I mean, divination no. goes back as far as man. No, I mean, I, this is one of the things I highlight in the book that when I really started to, to research in this, the United States government, again, it mostly started. Yeah, the Nazis, but Russia especially was involved in remote viewing, uh, trying to steal secrets using clairvoyance basically. And so the United States said, well, if they're doing this, we better look into it, you know, just give it a look into it. And of course they, they ended up having stunning results, stunning, uh, a project called the Stargate project. And this is by the way, all now public, uh, not all of it, a lot of it. The CIA has recently released a lot of this stuff. It's unclassified now and it's on the CIA website. So people can go, you can go for yourself. If you want to see with your own eyes where the CIA, the C, the central intelligence agency concluded that clairvoyance is a real thing, that ESP is a real thing. After millions of dollars of research, the CIA, <laughs> I want to like go back to my high school physics teacher and say, Mr. Vance, you, you didn't tell I'm us about this. I'm falling asleep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm asleep. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, what's going on? What's going on? It's okay. You what's that? I'll be, I'll be back. Oh, okay. What's what, what's going on? Uh, she's she's kind of gifted herself. Oh, so, does she have like a connection happening? 
probably it could be oh, your father who knows he seems to be a strong guy i don't know i don't know i've never seen her do that she's never done that really never uh -oh. okay so that's that's odd that is odd interesting um, interesting yeah. yeah i mean i hope maybe he is maybe he's trying to get a message through for for yeah, us he for could be. Show, he's he's pretty know? good at that he's pretty good that would be that would be awesome that would be awesome it would. you've also brought up here too and i'm going to put this up Right. Um, the, the for effect in psychology, the phenomenon that occurs when individuals believe that uh, personality descriptions apply specifically to them more so than other people, despite the fact that the description is actually filled with information that applies to everyone. All right. Now, this is a thing that, you know, like a lot of psychics more fake psychics you know the ones that are trying to pull things out of the air or the ones that are getting the stuff in the air you right. know all that kind of stuff is going on when you go to big gallery readings right you now right. and and it's like you can say a generic thing yeah and everyone thinks it's about them exactly you know? yeah same yeah. thing you put up a facebook post everyone thinks it's about them Right. right. It's like, yeah. That's right. That's a great point. Yes. You know, are, you, are you guilty? <laughs> you know, because no, not about you. <laughs> you great know. point. Yeah. 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 But, it's definitely something to, to be looking out for. And, and sadly, you know, of course there are people who are, who fake this stuff. Um, and the history of mediumship is, is fraught with cases of fraud. Um, and, and, and because of that, um, it's tainted the whole subject. So much so that it's hard for a scientist these days, a, a mainstream scientist, to to go to the board of directors and say, "Hey, I want to study mediumship," uh, because it's it, it, it's it, it's not looked at as a serious inquiry. You know, right. it's looked at because it is the the uh, You know, it began with Houdini debunking mediumship. That's sort of where it started, uh, and he did such a thorough job. Even though, you know, there's a whole a whole lot to talk about with regard to Houdini, but in the public eye, he did such a thrashing of mediumship um, that it stuck, that stigma stuck to yeah. this day, to this yeah. day. Uh, the, an average person, a lot of people have said to me, yeah, but what about Houdini? People who don't know anything about the research that's out there, but they heard someone say once, oh, Houdini debunked mediumship. And, yeah. and that's- Penitella, yeah, Penitella. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a yeah. part of how the human brain tends to work. It, it's very easy for um, something to become reality in our minds. You know, we can hear someone say at one time, someone who is speaking with authority, maybe Houdini debunked mediumship. And, and, and we might just hear it once. And then we don't look into it any further. We figure that person who said it with authority, they must know. And so that becomes our reality, even in, maybe subconsciously. Um, and so, so that's sort of what modern mediumship is working against, um, are these, uh, cases of, of fraud that have entirely tainted the, the, the sort of the subject as a whole. Yeah. We, we have to deal with that a lot, you know, I'm sure a lot, but you also uh, brought up the amazing Randy. And one of the things that you, I, every time I'm reading your book and you would say something or some reference, I'm like on YouTube looking up these different yeah. and I, and you did reference this one thing and I actually put the clip up here for the trailer for an honest liar. Uh, yep. Amazing. Yep. Randy. I got to play this for people sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because now you see these when you're in this pursuit of trying to find the truth and, and knowing, knowing because you, 
father's giving you all this information that yeah. you know, it's not bullshit. Mm -hmm. If I thought that any of this would be used, I would abandon the film entirely. Gentlemen, I'm the amazing Randy. The amazing Randy. The amazing Randy. Ta-da! A conjurer, prestidigitator, liar, cheat, and fake. The life of Harry Houdini is very similar to the life of James Randi. If you're going to get your head cut off, you go to the best guy. The amazing Randi was the best guy. Randi, you've been going around the country trying to debunk those who say that it's psychic power. I can't think of that technical term. Oh, yes, both. What I do is bending or breaking objects. Uri Geller pulled the pants off them. It was astonishing. Bend. Look. Can you do the spoon bending trick? Does Dolly Parton sleep on her back? <laughs> do you know how many times Randy tried to ruin my career? You've been taking a lot of medication. Peter Popoff is a very dangerous man. In the name of Jesus! Popoff just seemed to be able to hear the voice of God and know all about people. John 3784. He wondered how he got the information. I dressed as a security guard. I appeared in disguise. Yeah. Randy is trying to say, this is a big hoax. Duh. I'll take two eight by ten. The man that put the fear of God into all those psychics. The amazing Randy. The easiest way to be bigger than yourself is to lie. I was terrified. A man who's devoted his whole life to uncover real deception has at the center of his life a deception. Only one of these people is sworn to tell the truth. What a situation. No matter how smart or well-educated you are, you can be deceived. Now, there is a lot of truths there mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and a lot of not truths there, right? But, I mean, like that guy, the the medical guy there, you know, getting, all the, yeah. getting all the um, information in his mm -hmm. ear from his wife. So that, I mean, that was proved as a fraud. There was, there's a yep. lot. There is a lot. But in it, and it does. It does taint the good psychics. Now, I've met and have had on this show some pretty amazing psychics. You know, Chris, my partner, he is an amazing psychic. You know, there, mm -hmm. there are you that the man that i went to see that my husband said he girlied up my living room and and uh and that story just so the people that don't know um my house i i'm an artist i would faux paint everywhere and do all kinds of stuff i built this big addition with my late husband and he, the walls were beige and he said please please can we just leave this one room alone you just leave it alone. After he passed away, I full painted the whole thing. I mean, I Tuscanized everything. I took his deer head down and I put up plus Tuscan pictures and I got stained glass. And I mean, I, I not only did I full paint the walls and stuff, I mean, the entire ceilings all the way up and over and everything, you know, so completely, completely different. And then here's the psychic saying, yeah, he, he's upset because you girlied up his living room. <laughs> I'm like, sorry. But I just, I was just, I was in such shock. Were you getting messages or something? Was something? I, I, don't, I don't know what was happening. It was just like weird, total. Just, I'm okay. Just... 
There's only one other because well, I said that never happened before. Only one other time when when the thing was brushing up against your leg or something. Did that ever happen mm. in the what over a year that we've been together now doing shows? Sure. You know, so I, I don't know if that was his dad trying to do something with you. So if you get anything or if you you have the feeling that maybe you want to pull a card or anything like that, you go for it, you know. <laughs> but that was just so, so like not like you, you know. I could see myself kind of going, so I was like, no, that's all wrong. I'm not sure I understand. Oh. Oh, what was that? That wasn't me. That was my, uh, that was my speaker just talking for some reason. I'm not sure I understand. Yeah. Hmm. Is that Alexa? That has never that has never happened before. All right, so, so, so something's going on. <laughs> okay, all right. Now you guys here, just stay back. All right, <laughs> let them have the stuff going on. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, so now, okay. So then, since I played that clip, oh, hold on, yeah. some comments here. Um, Oh, here we go. Was that? Debbie says, I came from Long Island. Sharon's name, cool. Love Houdini. Um, hearts. I, I guess. Hi, guys. Sorry, I was. Um, yeah, it's your dad coming through. It could be. It could be. It could be his dad coming through to, to again say, hey, I'm here, you know, because he does seem like a larger than life type of guy. So now here you are. Right, now you, you, you're seeing. Both sides of the the spectrum, the the skeptics and the psychics, and going to all these different mediums and everything. Yeah. And where and how did you decide you want to do a documentary on this? Well, so according to the skeptics, right, and a lot of these skeptics are very smart people, right? James Randi was an amazing magician. Penn and Teller are an amazing magicians. Uh, some of my favorite scientists, like a guy named Brian Green. I mean, these people are so much smarter than I'm ever going to be. And they all tell me that there is no such thing as life after death. According to these people, I must be missing something. This woman, Angelina, and these other mediums have to be tricking me somehow. According to mainstream science, that's the only explanation, right? According to James Randi, the only explanation is that they're tricking me somehow. So... I decided, uh, the other thing that started to happen is, is you're, I, doing it, you're doing it though, like a scientific experiment because now you're reading the science, you, you have to prove these things. So did you have your like outline, <laughs> you know, when, you know, when they teach you in school, but you have, yeah, like you're the scientific method, you know, you go from right? hypothesis yeah. to, to yeah. setting up your, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Did you do that for this? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I just on a, on a very basic level decided yeah. that I needed to do more, t more of my own personal testing. Now I'm not a scientist. I want to be clear about that, right? I did not get my degree in science. I am an no, actor. But it's still in you. Um, it's still in me, you know, and I thought I want, let me, I wonder if I can apply the scientific method in some way to see if there really is something to this, at least statistically, you know, is Angelina statistically more accurate than a control person would be, you know, th questions like that. So anyway, I call Angelina like a year after uh, I had now seen her and then these other mediums. And I say, listen, I want to, I need to know if, if this is real or not. I'd like to make a documentary where I'm basically going to test you. I want to sit you in front of a, a camera, press record, and then walk complete strangers into the room and see if you can do for them what you did for me. When I know there's no way you could be cheating. 
when I know there's no way that at least you can't be Googling anything or having detectives follow them or anything like that, you know? <laughs> and to my surprise, she said, sure, I'll do that. And she signed the release also, by the way, giving me the rights to the footage before we even started, which was very trusting on her part because an editor, you know, an editor can make a person look amazing. You can make someone be the hero or the villain, uh, depending on what the editor wants to do. So for her to sign that release, um, that showed some really amazing trust. And that always stuck with me how quickly she did that. Um, and by the way, she also never had any stipulations on any of these tests that I did. She let me do whatever. She never said no to anything I proposed. So that's how we started the, the, the casual experiment. And I'm careful with the word experiment now, because as you know, later in the book, I talked to real scientists who sort of berate me a little bit saying that was not an experiment that you let me show you what a real experiment you have. Yeah. You have to have, you know, oh yeah. The controls the that are in place. Yeah. All that. Everything oh, yeah. Yeah. But that work is being done by real scientists, and I get to that part in the book as well. But just for my own personal experiment, that that's how I started. I I, I had, uh, and I wouldn't even tell people on the crew who was coming in, right? So often I was the only person on set who knew who was going to walk into the house that day when Angelina gave these readings. And person after person, I watched her change their lives uh, and come up with the same kind of information that she came up for me. Uh, in a way I could, I could absolutely not understand how she was doing it. And then I sort of got the, 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 the experimental controls got tighter and tighter as I went on. So eventually I start thinking, okay, uh, the forer effect that you mentioned earlier or, or in cold reading, which is what skeptics say Angelina must be doing is, you know, you're reading people's facial expressions, their, 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 um, their accent, maybe, you know, their, their vocabulary, you're using all of these various cues and assimilating them into a picture of who this person is and using that information to basically fool them into believing that you know stuff that you couldn't know, right? It's called cold reading. Right. So um, I, I think, okay, let's see if we can limit the amount of at least visual cues Angeline is getting. So uh, in the next stage of the experiment, we set up a divider. Uh, Angelina was placed behind a wall, basically, and the sitter would come in, never seen by Angelina, and sit on the other side of this wall. So uh, there were no visual cues she could be getting. All she did was hear the person's voice. And by the end of it, I'm thinking, okay, she's still getting these incredible results when she can't see the person, uh, but maybe she's using audio cues, you know, something about the person's voice or timbre or uh, rhythm or whatever. Uh, maybe, she, you know, you can sometimes tell a person's age somewhat by voice. Maybe. Things they say, well, things they say, keywords. And Words, yeah. Phrases, absolutely. So by the, the la final stage of, of our little experiment, uh, not only was the person behind a divider, but they also never spoke. We had them, they just pressed a button for yes, no, or maybe, which lit up a little light on Angelina's side of the wall. Uh, so she was never hearing or seeing the person. They could be anyone on the planet and she was doing the reading. So let me just give you an example of the type of information she was able to get when she could not either see or hear the person who she was doing the reading for. We had a young woman whose brother had died in a terrible accident on the highway when his car flipped over and exploded. Okay. This woman, uh, Angelina immediately in the reading says Im like immediately, it was in the first 10 seconds says, 
I'm smelling gas. Uh, for, oh, sorry. First, she says, I have like a someone who's like an older male figure to you, a father-like figure. Not a father figure, but a father-like figure to you, which this girl said this guy very much was. She was only two when he died. He was 19. And her dad tells her that her brother doted on her like he loved his little sister. So very much like uh -huh. a paternal type of an energy. Um, so anyway, Angelina says, I have this like father-like figure, an older male to you, very connected to you. And then she says... I'm smelling gasoline. And now again, there are no audio cues or visual cues. A Angelina is looking at nothing but a wall. And then she says, this person died in an explosion. Now, how many people die in an explosion? That is not, not a common, common yeah. way to die. No. If you're no. faking this stuff, that is not a very high uh, percentage guess. You'd be much <laughs> better off saying, hey, do you have like a male figure in your family who maybe died of heart disease? Anything other than explosion, you know, right. knock on wood, most of us don't die in explosions. So that's, the, that's just an example of the level of specificity and the sort of thing. And, and it was, so, and again, that was the first thing Angelina said. It wasn't like she was making all of these guesses about how the person died. She didn't say anything about cancer or heart disease or any of these uh, much more common ways of, of, of passing. She, she said one and only mode of death. And that mode of death was explosion. And that guy died in an explosion when his car exploded. So, um, you know, I, by the end of that, and I have now done this with like 20 people, I've had Angelina do 20 um, readings, over 20. And every single one of those people, every single one of them, and some of them were very much uh, on the skeptical end of the spectrum. I had sort of a wide range of, you know, some people completely believed in mediumship before they came in. Most people were sort of in the middle, like agnostic, you know, I don't know yet. I've never seen a medium before. I don't know. And then some people were very much like, I don't think this is real. Sort of like me thinking, I think I would have heard about this already if this was real. Yeah. Every yeah, kinda, single kinda, one of the yeah, people came out of that believing that at the very least, Angelina was doing something paranormal. So 100% of the people she did a reading for, 100% said that the information was so accurate that they couldn't say whether or not she's talking to dead people, because obviously that's another step, but she was definitely doing something, according to them, that um, seemed out of the- Not normal. Out of the- Not, not, normal. Yeah, not yeah. normal. Right. But, you know, skeptics too. We have a friend in the, in the paranormal community, Kenny, and he is our friend, the skeptic, but he takes it to such a level, you know, we took him on at, for ghost detectives. We had him at one of our um, things we were filming for an episode. And because he was there and because he was like, just constantly doubting this and, and the negativity he was putting out of there, mm. you know, it threw us all off. And we yeah. got like hardly anything, not even enough to like really make an episode. You know, there was like a lot of things that are claims there, but I think that negative energy like that, I have a, such an adamant staunch, you know, skeptical yeah. person can really disrupt yes. you know, and, right. and put off spirits that they're not going to, you know, come in. Right. So what are they going to do fight with someone? They're not going to do that. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's the sort of the big conundrum, right? It, we, it, it does seem clear to us now that, um, well, I shouldn't say clear when it comes to quant comes to quantum physics, nothing is very clear, but, uh, there is evidence suggestive of consciousness's involvement 
with the manifestation of physical reality, right? And if it is true that somehow our consciousness affects physical reality and our desires can manifest, um, it's possible that a negative um, outlook uh, might make it so something does not happen. And it could be that that is why we have sort of a crisis of replication when it comes to science. So this happens a lot. Uh, for instance, at SRI, the Stanford Research Institute, um, which is which was run by Hal Putoff and Russell Targ. Uh, these guys were holding top secret security clearances. Uh, what, Russell Targ helped invent the laser. Like these are not... Um, this girl here, she, she works in the... Um, she, the thing she does, I have no clue. Is she a quantum physicist? She she's a big mathematician. Works with all kinds. Oh, what great, you, Sharon. What do you do? Just put up there what you do because she does all that stuff. Sharon Phillips is that who we're talking about? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So amazing. So Russell Targ and Hal Putoff, they are top-notch scientists, right? They're on the, the top secret security clearances. Russell Targ helps invent the laser. I mean, these are brilliant scientists. They came away convinced that um, ESP is a genuine phenomenon, that remote viewing is a genuine phenomenon, that telekinesis is a genuine phenomenon. When we try to replicate this in other labs, it has not been replicated. And this could be, now Russell and Hal are open-minded scientists, as a, as a scientist should be, right? They, they do not rule things out. They require evidence before they believe it, but they will accept the evidence if it happens. Some scientists are rather closed off. They a priori have decided something is yeah. or is not real, yeah. possible, yeah. possible. Yeah. And it's possible then that that is why in their lab, they are not they're able not to. to yeah. the now they're not going to put the effort in, into, into doing it. She, engineering all of it. She engineers everything. <laughs> she dreams of things and knows how to create things. That's how Tesla worked often. Tesla, who yeah. is an amazing engineer, he would dream of things, see things in his third eye and then create them. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's what Bob does. Bob builds all this equipment or I'll say, I want something that does this, like the spirit box to make the spirit box easy. Yes. We're going to play the videos in two seconds um, to make the spirit box easy. And all of a sudden he just comes up with it. He comes up with a plan to do it. You know, mm -hmm. so it's, oh, she says she loves Tesla. We do have to go to our, um, our commercial break here. We are, at the midway point. So I'm going to play a few commercials and we'll be back in just a little bit. Please hang with us guys. This is amazing. The Fox Den is now proudly sponsored by Vortex Ghost Gear, one of the leading fabricators of paranormal equipment. Bob Christopher is the founder and creator of Vortex Ghost Gear. He has decades of investigating, starting with his team at NEPA and as lead in the popular local TV show, Ghost Detectives, he has experience of how spirits could be seen or heard. Using this knowledge, he has manufactured equipment for specific scenarios of spirit manifestation and communication. He is the only manufacturer of the popular lifelike trigger prop cats and dogs. Using proximity meters wired to lights and sound, these prove to be highly effective communication devices in the field of study. The HTO, another Vortex exclusive, allowing specific items to be the highlight or trigger of your investigation. For example, place the item on a metal tray or attach directly to any metal object such as keys or glasses that continue to go missing or moved. 
ask the spirit to touch the item the HTO will light. It has a sound option as well. This device was used in Travel Channel's Ghost Nation with great results. The Dome, a static detector, can be the most useful device in your gear bag. This is to back up the theory that the spirits manifest using static electricity. Using several, you can track a spirit, for example, walking down a hallway, setting off each as it passes. The geophone detects vibrations. This is another way to track movement. If a claim is footsteps in the hallway or stairwell, set the sensitivity and place the device in that area. Its band of lights will show a range of vibrations from the slightest tapping, lighting only a few lights, to the loudest thumping, lighting the entire range. The EasyScan Ghost Boxes are very popular due to the ease of use. They are custom decorated to the individual or team using them. Bob programs and uses an Arduino-based computer scanning FM waves to potentially communicate with the spirit realm in real time. Every box is unique and all custom hand decorated by Gina Bankston. The V-Pod has a special place for those who love the idea of REM pods. Use this sleeker, smaller, easier to transport device. It is a must-have in your gear bag. Take your investigating to the next level with many of Vortex Ghost Gear's unique and custom creations by Bob Christopher. Visit www.vortexghostgear.com to view all the products and get your equipment today. You can also investigate with Bob and Gina with ghostly excursions, taking people to some of the most haunted locations in the USA. Visit www.ghostlyexcursions.com and join us on our next adventure. Most of you may know Chris Lee from being a frequent guest on the Fox Den. Chris Lee is a Canadian clinical hypnotherapist that specializes in his system, his system of therapy, therapy, which eliminates people's persistent aches, aches pains, pains, fears, and phobias, and, phobias, and debilitating, and debilitating emotions, emotions, no prescriptions, prescriptions necessary operations, nor ongoing therapy. Many of you already have his hard copy books from his Life in the Past Lane series, and some of you also know that if the books were not readily available, Chris has been very accommodating in sending those books personally. The books include Life in the Past Lane, Fears and Phobias, Aches and Pains, Crimes Against Humanity, with two more in the works, Book 5, History, Fact or Fiction, will be available soon. These are fascinating client true stories and testimonials confirming his system works. He can also teach you how to do a system as well. Currently, Chris is away for a prolonged period of time and is not able to send the hard copy books, but there is a silver lining. He has now made his books available as digital ebooks. To place your order, you can email Chris at book at pastlifewrap.com or visit the site www.pastlifewrap.com. While there, hit the shop button where you can see all the books and their descriptions. You will find the currently unavailable hard copy books priced at $15 plus shipping. You will also find the newly added ebooks, which are available for only $7.50 with obviously no shipping. The quickest way to start reading this amazing series. 
Payment is by bank, e-transfer, or PayPal. Go to www.pastliferap.com or email chris at book at pastliferap.com to get your ebooks. And we're back. So you too can have your ad on the Fox 10 if you would like and let me know. So now we are back with Mike Anthony and he is the author of Love Dad, How My Father what was it? How My Father Died and Then Told Me He Didn't. And um, also now there's also Life at the Hamilton. Um, but however, we are talking tonight about this book, Love Dad. You can get this book on Amazon, and he was also on Surviving Death, a Netflix series. So now while you're making this, that's what you watched. I watched it too. That When you're making this um, documentary, you ran across someone, and that someone got you into um, this series with Netflix. So how was that? Uh, just explain that all to everyone that doesn't know. Yeah, uh, through through a, uh, a very strange again set of coincidences, I uh, uh, became friends with Leslie Kane, who is a writer and a journalist for the New York Times, and she wrote a book um, about UFOs a few years ago that was a bestseller, and so I knew her name from that book, and uh, and then she wrote this book, Surviving Death. Uh, and she spent 10 years investigating the sort of evidence that we're talking about. Uh, so uh, we ended up becoming friends and she was involved in the documentary. She's in the documentary and uh, as a subject. And uh, during the time we were filming, Netflix decided to make this six part series based on her book. And she told Netflix about my story. Uh, and that's how I got involved with the, uh, with the Netflix show. And how was that filming for that? It's it, it, yeah, it's great. It's very interesting. You know, it's um, it's it's a great show. It sort of uh, scratches the surface of a lot of the evidence that's out. Oh, look at your nice graphics. Very nicely done, Gina. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> yeah, this house, this house is like my house in Oxford, where I was with my uh, my late husband. That's oh that, really? That, that's what it looked like when we first bought it, and then we revamped everything. We put a roof over the the bay window we switched out all the windows and everything uh -huh. yeah but that's how yep. it looked it was even that color that's that's the house where my life totally changed that living room by that bay window over there yeah um so yeah, the, the series is great. It, you know, it's a nice introduction to people who maybe have not heard about a lot of this stuff. Um, you know, it covers various lines of evidence like near death experiences, uh, mediumship, end of life experiences, which I find a very comforting uh, subject to look into people who are, uh, you know, if you talk to almost any hospice nurse, chances are they'll have a story about uh, someone who suddenly is seeing their deceased relatives waiting for them at the foot of their bed or, or something along those lines. Uh, and then Children Who Remember Past Lives is another episode. So That was amazing. You you wrote a lot yeah. about that in the book. Yeah. That was an amazing, amazing uh, that scenario stuff just to even think of. Blew me away, that stuff. I couldn't believe it, that it was real. And the amount of evidence, I was shocked. Uh, you know, so much so that I drove all the way down to the University of Virginia, because uh, I'm the kind of person who, like, I need to see these people face to face to get a real, take a real measure of the person. So I went yep. down there and talked to Dr. Jim Tucker, who is the head of the Division of Perceptual Studies at the University of Virginia. And again, 
the University of Virginia is not like some rinky dink little university. You know, it's like uh, consistently in the top 10 uh, public universities in, in America. Um, I mean, this is a, uh, a highly regarded um, institute of, of, of education. And um, Gina is the best. I agree. And their research is so compelling that, you know, JAMA, the Journal of, of the American Medical Association, which is one of the most highly respected medical scientific journals in the whole world. Uh, when, the, when the book editor for JAMA, uh, whose name I'm forgetting right now, but when he read one of Dr. Ian Stevenson's uh, books, Dr. Ian Stevenson is the one who started the, that division at the University of Virginia, Division of Perceptual Studies. When the book editor read uh, the research, this one book in particular, his conclusion was that reincarnation was the most likely explanation. The book editor for JAMA. Now, I say this all the time, that if JAMA came out tomorrow night and said, hey, we've just discovered that eggs are not as bad for you as we thought they were, it would be like on the nightly news. It'd be on the headlines. Oh my gosh, people would be having parties out in the streets that we can have as many eggs as we want. But when JAMA came out and said that reincarnation appears to be a something that actually happens, nobody heard about it. There was silence. And most mainstream scientists. I, I asked Dr. Tucker about this. If this information, if this evidence is so compelling, why is it not more widespread? Why is it not in the mainstream? Because that's how strong this evidence is. It truly is. And, you know, there are a lot of answers yeah, to that then question. Again, again, here's the thing. You have so much good, clean, clear, crisp evidence, you know, like me. I don't believe it unless I do it. I don't believe a lot of people's evidence that they put up because That's I right. didn't do it. I wasn't the one there. That's I didn't true. see it. I didn't film it. I didn't hear it. But, you know, when I'm filming it and I'm seeing it, I believe it 100 percent. But That's the true. people that are out there and in this field, especially in this field, because it is taking off like crazy. But the universe is actually changing, too. People are getting a lot more connected. The, the developments are a lot more they're stronger. There's a lot more energy out there. There's a lot more people tapping into it. Therefore, and it's more accepted than it was before. But you will bless you. You <laughs> You'll always have. That's the most adorable sneeze I've ever heard. Ever, right? The most I adorable sneeze of all time. All the time, I tell her, and she always, if she sneezes, she mutes her mic, and she finally didn't do it. I'm like, why do you mean you might have the cutest sneeze in the world? I would blow out everybody's speakers. <laughs> Me too. Me but, too. But, uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, I love her. I uh, I love her. She's going through some stuff over there. I'm not sure exactly yeah, it's, yeah, what is going on. Going on. Yeah, there's something. Yeah. There's something trying to to get out. Not. Yeah, she's not like uh, letting it. So, and that's her. That's her. Not doing so. Yeah. Well, yeah. When it's done, if, then you know, right things. If it's if I I'll connect with you later. If it's if it's meant to connect to you. Right. Write things down. But again, what I'm, my point is, is out of all the um, good, clean, crisp, clear, true evidence that's out there, there's that much and then some faked. You know, people yeah. with photoshopping this and photoshopping that or or or. I don't know, strings on things and moving things like there's so many fake like paranormal fact of fake. You know what I mean? Sure. Those types of shows, you know, that they're trying to out these people or they're trying to figure out or debunk or whatever that these people are putting these fake things out. If they didn't do that, you know, we wouldn't have such an issue in this field about proving our points, you know, about yeah. saying, you know, because to me, you know, 
with what you know, what I know, it's really seriously preaching to the choir. I know it. I know it is out there. I, I, I have staunch evidence. I, I have it yeah. <laughs> in spades. Yeah. I have full-blown conversations. I have yeah, apparitions yeah. walking. I have so much stuff. So much. Thousands of EVPs, you know? And it's and it's just so it's it kills me to my core when I see someone faking something, you know, because they're, they're just setting us all back. It's it kills me when I see a psychic mm-hmm. fake shit and, and taking money from people. Yeah, yeah. that I hate. I, I just I hate it. But, it, you know. Yeah. And, and, and I say in the book, you know, I don't fault Randy or Penn and Teller for exposing the people who are cheating. Uh, yeah. The only thing I fault them for fault them for is at this point, it seems to me that they are so closed off to the possibility that any of his, of it is real, um, that it's just never going to get through. Like they've built this wall that's impenetrable. It seems to me at this point, but Penn and Teller, they're in the world of illusion and that's what they do. And they're masters at it. So that's how they see it. It's got to be an illusion. It has to be, you know, because what, unless it happens to you, you're Mm -hmm. not going to be a believer. I agree. I agree. There, there are certainly, uh, you know, unfortunately, a lot of the stuff, uh, it, it, you can have the most profound experience in the world that entirely changes your life. Uh, but there's no way, like the experiences that had to me, like hearing Believe on the radio, there's no way for me to take that into a lab and replicate it. You know, some of these things are just not, uh, science is just not ever going to be a good enough tool, uh, to use, uh, in a, in a testing capacity. There are some things that science is not useful, useful for, but it doesn't mean that just because we can't test it in a lab, it does not mean that it did not happen. Exactly. But then again, now you have, on the other hand, you have all these psychics, they're not all the same. They're not all gifted mm. with the same talents no some yeah. are channelers some are you know can touch the items and and see what happens with the items and that's the only <laughs> thing they can do some mm-hmm. see the dead some hear the dead some feel them some smell them you know what i mean it's it's everything is different we all have our our unique yeah. gifts. you know i have my unique yeah. gifts mama has her unique gifts she's denying some of her gifts but she has them and you know and it's like i'm and special they, and they, you are very special and they change our you know the gifts will change you know and if you allow things or if you go to another level and it's how you you know you, you have to put yourself into the acceptance mode to go to that next level all right we got some stuff going on here i yes you know you, you would love to test it in the the laboratory but you know you gotta find like five or ten psychics that have the exact same ability or you know yeah because well, you need the test group you need the test group and then you need you know the, the yeah eliminator the I mean, the thing is, though, it has been tested in the laboratory, media, mental mediumship anyway, n- not so much uh, physical mediumship necessarily, but that's another thing. But mental mediumship has been tested. That is that share, uh, share, yeah, uh, Sharon. Uh, if you if you're interested in checking out uh, right now, there are studies going on at the Winbridge Research Center in Arizona. A wonderful scientist named Dr. Julie Beischel. She's brilliant, uh, and she is studying this stuff in a lab setting. She's doing quintuple blind studies, uh, and I won't get into exactly what that means. I'll just say that basically they've ruled out cheating. It's in the book. Yep. It's described in the book. And basically just using statistics, using math, the same math that has helped us land a rover on Mars 
200 million miles away, that same math is telling Dr. Beischel that mediumship is a genuine phenomenon. She's using statistics and it's fantastic um, research. There's also been research done again at UVA by a woman named Dr. Emily Kelly, did a study into mediumship, again, came with positive, uh, away with positive results. Uh, the University of Arizona has done studies as well as some in England. So uh, there are some studies being done in labs. And then there was another comment there about Oh, yes, Melissa is talking about when her son was almost three years old. He started, he started, to, started talking about his family. He had sons and used to give, him, give me specific directions to where his home was down south. He spoke about yeah. it for years in great detail. I truly believe he was reincarnated. Yeah. That's, there's a lot of those types of stories in, in here that thousands, about, which is like that. Um, thousands of, of yeah, stories. These, these kids say my other mommy, my other, you know, my other family. And then they had people come in and he, and this child, I mean, it's a small child and they're saying that's my brother. And then the child didn't want to upset the mom, you know, so they sent oh, the yeah. mom in and the child's just like, you know, yeah, I know her, but you know, you don't want to say mommy. And then they'd say the place where it was Taiwan, blah, 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 whatever. The that was in Thailand or, yeah. or, uh, I forget that one's in the book though. That story yeah, it's in is the book. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. a weird name. Weird name of where it was from. That, yeah. that was my Thai wo 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 mother, you know, and my Thai whatever brother. And and then oh, they, yes, they yes, had yes, the yes. fight with the brother, and then he's going, no, 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 I don't recognize him. But it's because they fought, you know. And then then he said again to his mother, "That's my brother." You know, but he was denying that he knew who he was because they fought all the time. Yeah. You know, and it's like stories like that. It's just so cool. Yeah. Know? So cool. I mean, it's just endless in this field. It is endless. The the possibilities and the things that happen. And now with media like this, with shows like this, with, you know, getting things out there, people are learning more, you know. Yeah. And the more people are safe to say about it then the more you'll learn too. Yeah, I, I agree with you that I feel like there is a shift happening. Um, even if it's at a subconscious level, I feel like, you know, I think Gina, you and I talked a little bit about like the UFO stuff that's going on right now, you know, like with the Pentagon releasing uh, this this pyramid UFO video and acknowledging that that's a real video. And there's going to be this, um, this, this uh, report in June might be delayed a bit, but there's going to be an official report coming out. And I, I'm telling you, there are much more, there are much better videos out there uh, that are much less grainy, taken at much closer distances than some of the yeah. stuff we've seen so far. Um, yeah. And I, I feel like, you know, I feel like people should be out on the streets. Like, oh my God, there's actual evidence of of these things. Of, of, right, of USOs. USOs. USO, yeah. Some a of these lot, things, we have a video, an actual video of, and this one's out there already, uh, this thing moving at incredible speeds, it, it's in the air, and then it goes into the water, does not slow down somehow, and then comes out and then splits into two things, and then disappears into midair. Now, this is on <laughs> a government-controlled uh uh, now the, the the guy that we had on just two little bit ago, the Dave Voice with the flat Earth, he was oh, yeah. saying, "Oh, this is all bull. None of it exists. Not happening." Yeah. Nope. Because <laughs> 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 nope. we have a flat Earth, and this just can't happen. It's not that deep. <laughs> it's like no. And then there's another one we had on because you have, you talk about and dive into channelers. We had a um, yeah. the woman Carol Serene Morgan's on. Uh, she channels PAX, and PAX talks a lot about off-planet 
things and that these visitors come a lot to check on us. You know, there are some walking yeah. amongst us and there are some that come to check on us and that there are bases and there's a big base underneath the Bermuda Triangle. This is what Pax is telling her mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. channeled, you know, and yeah. the ships are going in there, whatever it is that's down there, way down there is interfering. And that's why all these ships are going and, and they're losing um, their controls and whatnot because of the magnetic force. And, you know, one of the great detail, you know, the stuff with, with uh, packs with channeling and you never know what's going to happen when you, you know, have someone channeling something, it could be bullshit. It could not be, you know what I mean? But there's yeah. a lot of things that line up with what this Pax was saying about, you know, us killing our planet, about how we can save our planet, about, you know, we're going to be living off, off planet, you know? So like yeah. all these things that are going on right now, I think the release of, of space uh, visitors and whatnot are, are going to help us to get into that mindset about living off earth. Cause we're going to have to, we yeah. have the planet as it is and we get, we're overpopulating it and it's going to run out of everything. Mm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I, I, I think that it's a mostly subconscious effect that it's because again, people are not out in the streets going, Oh my God, there are UFOs here. I think it's mostly subconscious and all of that stuff that PAC says that may be true, uh, you know, who knows, but there's no denying, uh, the, some of the evidence that we're getting, um, on these videos, like this is something concrete people can look at and say, okay, well, if that's real, then what else is, re you know, that is the sort of, I think the wedge that op that begins to open up the doors of perception a bit. And, and that's when we can start to look at the bigger, the bigger questions. Exactly. Sharon says, Mike, do you believe in the ley lines and the things that happen at certain ones, like where they intersect and all that? We kind of talked about that too. Yeah. I mean, I think there's some evidence for that. If you look at like where Stonehenge and the, where some of these sites are and the, and the lines, I mean, I think there is some, um, I think it's statistically unlikely that uh, some of these places would be in the places they are just by chance. Um, you know, it's not something I've looked into a whole lot, but, um, you know, I definitely, we know that there are all sorts of fields that en energy exists in fields. We know that there's a magnetic field, right. That works in, in all kinds the of ways. Gravity and everything, everything, it all yeah. works together. But and like in the pyramids too, they all emit the same amount of energy, no matter how big the pyramids are, the bigger, the small, whatever, they still emit the same distance, this off the, very top of the pyramid it's like it's mm. like spitting out a array of energy and it's mm. all the same height in every single pyramid around the world that they found and they found pyramids that were buried so far deep they thought they were mountains and they come to find out it's a pyramid and it's admitting the same freaking interesting beam on the top of it all around the globe right mm. I hadn't no, heard, yeah there's no there's no travel right yeah. How do you know? How do they know to build pyramids? You right. Well, I mean? that 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 thing alone, oh, the yeah. stuff of, I hadn't heard about the energy, and I don't know if that's been how that's been measured or what type of energy that is or whatever. But Power it's very clear. Yeah. We know that there are pyramidal structures all over the world at a time when supposedly people were not crisscrossing the ocean, so there's no communication between land masses, and yet everybody's building building these pyramid structures for some reason. Why? Yeah. What, what right. I mean, that is, and, and everyone has the same um, God religious deities, 
you know. Yes, a lot of crossover, a lot of similar. A lot of things, yeah. Yeah. Artwork, artwork from, you know, dated, yeah. carbon dated things, dated, you know, yeah. fact. Yeah. You know, and you'd have these places where, again, they're not traveling yet. They weren't no. on boats and everything and all that stuff. Not happening yet. You know, it is crazy. Oh, look at this. I know. Speaking of energy, Mike gives us uh, um, positive, very positive energy. Uh, open to a thoughtful discussion. He really is, but he's very methodical. Yeah. He's more anal than I am. And actually, I thought that was going in a million years about how, how in-depth. And I'm not even kidding. How in depth he went. Let me get that book. Yeah, yeah. This <laughs> this one is it's great. It is, it is great. I I absolutely enjoyed it. Although the first chapter again had me crying, but <clears throat> but I get over that. There was a couple other things, <laughs> and at the very end, I was crying again. You know. Mm. But yeah. Okay. All right. Getting off that. Side. I have put just a quick. I put links to your Facebook, your website, and your Amazon.com. Oh, uh, thank you so much. So that they'll be in there. Anybody wants to just go in, and everybody who's listening to us on our Anchor FM venues, get your butts over to YouTube, and the links will be in there as well. Yep. Yep. Pyramids are on the same ley lines as Area Fifty One. Who knew? Who hmm. knew? Yeah, but we do have, yes, you can watch Surviving Death Series, Netflix.com. Uh, There's the numbers and such, but Mama put these things in the um, chat room, in the comments. So www.mikeanthony.com. Uh, he is, go to YouTube and put him in because this, again, is letters and numbers and such. But if you go to <laughs> search Mike Anthony, you will you will so find him there. I, I know, but explain explain these pictures and what is going on in these. Mm. This is a huge part of your book. Yeah, yeah. the The butterfly um, <clears throat> thing became uh, very significant, and uh, so there, there's that picture you're looking at on the top right. That's my mom. That's got the butterfly over her shoulder, and that's my dad. Uh, just to, on the left side there. Now, that is just before my dad died. That is just about three weeks before he died. <clears throat> and that day, we're out in the yard, and there was this butterfly that would just not, we, we were having this party, this just because party, and this butterfly would not leave. It was hanging around, and it seemed uh, just in a natural amount of time. And it was not afraid. It was like, it was, you know, zigzagging in and out of the table, so much so that you we almost touched it. Like, you can see there's one picture there with... Uh, someone's hand right by the butterfly. And at one point I just happened to catch that, that picture uh, with the butterfly over my mom's shoulder with my dad uh, looking on. And um, the day that I took those pictures, I had this, I, a brand new camera and I had this very strong desire to take pictures of my dad for some reason. Um, and again, we had no idea there was anything wrong with him at that time. So this must be sub, sub, some subconscious yeah. desire. So that's why I had the camera out in the yard that day. So this butterfly shows up and my mom jokingly says, oh, you know, maybe this is um, grandma coming to say hi. Her mother had passed away, you know, years before. And that was the very first time that anyone in my family had ever connected the idea of a butterfly with a sign from a deceased loved one. And at that time, I was thinking, well, it's probably unlikely that Graham is sending butterflies around this yard. But, um, you know, anyway, it's a beautiful butterfly. Uh, and then, uh, later on when, when that first medium, my cousin's friend called, talked to us, 
during when I was having that conversation with her, she said, and so none of these pictures were published online, by the way, this is all private. Uh, and she said to me, your dad wants to take me to your backyard to the day with the butterfly. Wow. And, I, and that was significant, obviously. Um, yeah. And she said, the butterfly is a big thing with your dad now. This is going to be a sign from him, uh, butterflies. So um, immediately after that, butterflies started, I started to see them all over the place, you know, at, at, at crazy times, like in the subway, for instance, in New York. Um, and the, the most important one happened. Uh, it involved Penn and Teller. Um, right. So by, by, by the end of my, my research with Angelina, I was convinced she was genuine. I was convinced that what she was doing was real. It, I was so blown away. And I was on cloud nine. I was floating, now convinced that my dad truly is still with me, right? Just by chance, Penn & Teller happened to be doing a show at one of my theaters. I work for the Nederlander Theater Organization. So Hamilton is my home theater, but I can go to any of our sister theaters. And the Marquee Theater, which is the one right behind, it abuts my theater. They're like connected. Uh, Penn & Teller were coming in to do a show. Now, Penn & Teller, as we've discussed, huge skeptics, like so much so that they are violently opposed to anyone who calls themselves a medium. They believe there's no such thing at all as mediumship. So anyone claiming to do this, they say are evil people who are, you know, who are, who are preying on, on the grieving. Um, and so I understand why, why they're that angry since they believe so strongly that there is not any such thing as mediumship. Uh, they had a show on Showtime called Bullshit. Can I say that on your show? Is that okay to say? Yeah. Okay. Um, sorry. <laughs> I mean, that's the actual name. Uh, that's the actual name of the show where they- She just used worse words, so don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> so in one of the episodes, one of the most popular episodes, they debunk mediumship. And they were coming to, to the marquee and I happened to pick up a playbill. And one of the bits they were doing is called the psychic comedian, where they were going to debunk mediumship and psychic ability live. And I thought, oh my God, what are the chances of this? Like I just concluded this, this research. I'm now convinced my dad is really here. And now these guys are coming to my theater to, to, to debunk <laughs> mediumship. Yeah, yeah. But I was so convinced that, that by this point that mediumship was real, that I was like going to go in and watch the show and I stand in the back with my arms folded and just think, oh, if these guys only knew, if they only knew the truth, you know? Um, so I go in and I watch and he does this little speech and he says, um, everything that you are about to see is bull shit. And he pauses between bull and shit to emphasize, you know, how ridiculous all of this is. And they are, they do a mentalism show where they can, mentalists are people who through normal means are able to create the illusion that they're reading people's minds. And some of these people are amazing. They are amazing at it and you cannot figure out how they're doing it. Penn can do some of this stuff. And they did this trick uh, that so astounded me that I was crushed totally crushed. I was in the back of the theater. One minute before this, I totally believe that Angelina Diana is a real medium and that my dad is still with me. And the next minute I'm totally crestfallen after watching this thinking, well, if Penn can do what he just did and he's telling me this, there's nothing paranormal about this. 
Maybe Angelina is doing the same trick. I found that hard to believe. Penn and Teller have spent a lifetime mastering these skills. Angelina had like a regular full-time job. You know, I, I, I couldn't see how she could have done this sort of on the sly. But anyway, I walked out of the theater crushed. Now, totally not knowing what to think about what I had filmed. I decided to go back the next day uh, just to try to pick up something of what they were doing. And Penn is giving the same speech. And every word he's saying is like a dagger in my heart. And as he's saying the words, Gina, I'm saying as he is saying the words, everything you are about to see is bull in that pause between the bull and the shit. I see this flutter up in the lights, like 10 feet above his head. And I cannot believe what I'm seeing. And then it goes down into the audience and this big freaking butterfly that the audience is seeing. Cause you know, then there's not a moth. No, it's a butterfly. Yeah, it's a butterfly. For me to be able to see it from the back of the theater, it had to be a pretty good sized butterfly. Now the marquee theater in on Broadway, it's inside the marquee hotel. You have to go in through these like, you know, the turnstile doors on the bottom on the street of Broadway, up an escalator, through a set of doors to get into the lobby of the theater, then into another set of doors to get into the actual theater. So you're up on the second floor. First of all, to see a butterfly, <laughs> see a butterfly at any time in New York City in Times Square is unusual. There's not a lot of greenery for butterflies. Yeah. It's all concrete and pavement, you know. So you don't right. see butterflies often even outside. To see it inside the theater at the moment that they Penn was saying bullshit. everything you're about to see is fake, I yeah. was, I again was floating. I was like, oh my God. This has yep. to be my dad. It has to be my dad. I mean, what are the chances it would happen at this moment? And, and, and then I'm thinking, if only Penn knew. If only Penn knew That's that my so dad was using him. Exactly. Exactly. I know. Well, hopefully he'll know now. But my my uh, my late husband used to do that too. But his dad, he was very so close with his family, you know. And mm. his both his parents died in their fifties, and he was oh. fifty when he passed away too. Yeah. They were both fifty six, and then he was fifty. So he always said, mm. "I'm not going to live past fifty six with my parents." And I'm like, "Oh, stop!" Go, you know. And yeah. But but he'd be fishing, and he'd be talking about his dad, and then. He always said his dad would come to see him as a butterfly, you know, mm. and he, every time he'd be talking about his dad, here comes the butterfly, you know, every, uh, yeah. almost every single time, you know, yeah. Yeah. I wish I was into, um, you know, doing the, the investigations, you know, then. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I'm sure there would have been conversations, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, so, I mean, uh, but, but you have never gone on an, on an actual investigation like a ghost hunt. Right? No. And so yeah. when when Bob and I start back up again, we're gonna have you. You're gonna have to come. I would love it. I I am looking so forward to that. Yeah. So that you know, it's another. It's a whole new other realm of of all the things that you've gone in here, like the psychic and the metaphysical end of it. This is the paranormal investigating end of it. Yeah. Is, is completely different. We're like two entities of a whole. Yeah. yeah. Would love to. This side and that side. When it's time to cross over, like, you know, like, I know things. I, I this stuff, you know? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Again, I want to use equipment, you know? And I and I like to use equipment. I'm good at it. Yeah. I get, I get a lot of things with it, you know? So that's what I want to do, you know? But it's always like, that's you always great. have to, like, pick a side, <laughs> you know? It's like, I don't want to, I don't want to pick a side. I don't you know? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but that's that's kind of how the how the thing is. Now, explain to me 
Um, now this, mm. this, this, this man on the, on the bottom here. Yeah. What, so, what was he looking at? So <laughs> after that happened with Penn Jillette at the Marquee Theater, a, a few days later, I was back at my theater, the Richard Rogers Theater, where Hamilton is. And I'm talking, I'm behind the bar with my friend Marie, and I'm telling her, we're talking about this butterfly. And I'm saying, Marie, you know, have you ever seen a butterfly in a Broadway theater? And she says, no. You know, and I, I'm, I'm saying, I, I, as crazy as it sounds, I really feel like this is my dad actually somehow giving me this <laughs> butterfly sign. And as we're talking, I see a flutter out of the corner of my eye and I turn around and now there's a butterfly in our theater, in our lobby, and it lands up in a chandelier. So that picture that you're seeing, that's my friend Darnell. And the, the expression of surprise and incredulity on his face, he doesn't even know the story. I haven't even told him the story. He's just surprised to see a butterfly at all in a Broadway theater. Right. Um, so yeah, that happened just a few days later. And, and then just a few days after that picture is taken, Penn Jillette is standing underneath that chandelier because he came to see Hamilton and he's leaning on my bar. And I and uh, I, I, I ended up not having the conversation with him because I just felt like it was going to be wasted energy at that point. But uh, yep. it, it, it is, it is. Yeah. You know, to, to try to, you can't convince someone. Like I said, it, it has to happen to them or it's just not. It, That's right. Yeah. It's a, it's a non-existent fact. Yeah. But now what, what is this other picture here? That other picture is of, uh, that's a guy named Jack Weber. And uh, this is something called physical mediumship, which I had known almost nothing about whatsoever. Uh, you, we can divide mediumship into two categories, mental and physical. And mental mediumship is what we've been talking about so far. That's John Edward and the Long Island medium. You know, the mediumship that we're, most of us are aware of, where the medium is conscious and they are uh, relaying this information that they say they're getting. In physical mediumship, the medium goes into a deep trance, so deep, in fact, that they say they don't remember anything that happens. Once they, It's like they're going to sleep. <clears throat> and once they do go into that deep state, supposedly the spirit world is able to extract a substance from their body called ectoplasm, which I was sure was a Ghostbusters uh, made up a thing, a word made up by Harold Ramis for Ghostbusters. But the spirit world can extract the butterfly, I'm not the butterfly, can extract <laughs> the ectoplasm and then use it to make physical things happen in the room where everyone can see them. So there's no question about this. You don't need statistics. Things either happen or they don't. In that picture, that table, heavy table that when it started, it had a bunch of books on it, is floating in the middle of the room and no one is touching it. That's amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. And it didn't just jump up. That that stayed there for a while. I mean, that's yeah. floating. Yeah, we were trying, yeah, we were trying to do things like uh, table tipping. And, and like mm -hmm. I said, we were, when we were going with the skeptic, you know, at this one haunted location, and that's one of the things that can be done there. And, you know, he's like, oh, we got to do something. We got to prove this. We got to prove that. He's like, we got to cover the whole table. It was a beautiful table. We had to cover the whole table with powder. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. your fingers are just touching and no one's moving nothing right else. right yeah, yeah, yeah it wouldn't work and it didn't work you know and again mm -hmm. I'm just like you know there's just too much negative energy in here right now you know and with stuff like that i do think that you know you're connecting with other spirits that are, you know work through you that can can help you to move things just like stuff like you know pendulums and whatnot you're mm -hmm. using your energy but it's a spirit coming through with you know along with your energy to tick communicate and yeah, when things I, like that constant negative berating you know 
It does seem to have an effect. It does seem to have, what I can tell you is that I have had the extraordinary honor uh, and pleasure of sitting with a physical medium. There are not many on the planet right now that we know of um, that can do things to the level of Jack Weber, that guy in that photograph. <clears throat> There's a guy named Stuart Alexander who lives in a small town in England. Um, and, uh, Again, I, I tell the whole story in the book. I almost didn't keep it in the book because it's so. I'm so glad you did. Okay. It was a, what an amazing story. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have seen the sort of stuff um, that I thought only happened in movies or fantasy uh, with my own eyes. With my own eyes, I've seen physical manifestations uh, that I cannot believe happened. And yet they did right in front of me, right in front of me multiple times. And when I say right in front of me, I'm, I'm, I'm talking five inches in front of my face. Yeah. I saw something that totally changed my life. And I saw it multiple yeah. times. Leslie, who is uh, again, the journalist for the New York times, she's written about it herself. Um, this stuff is real. It really happens. That's all that I can say. I don't know how it happens, obviously. Um, but do you find that this whole thing, this whole field and everything, like I, I do, my very first EVP, I was like, holy crap. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Other explicit. But I was just like, oh, my God. And then it's like the pursuit. Yeah. And it's, and it's just it's like an addiction, you know. And so yeah. at the beginning, everybody who gets into the paranormal and you start getting evidence, they're all like that. They're all like, you know, drug addicts, you know, yeah. I mean? looking for your next fiction, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's somewhat worn off for me. Like, like I was, you know what I mean? I'm right. not like going to 500 locations and in, in one weekend, you know I mean? I'm not doing that kind of stuff anymore. Yeah. You know? Wait till after but, COVID. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, yeah. No, it, it, it is addictive, but it is. It but is because it, it's an amazing feeling to have your perceptions cracked open and 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 widened. Right. It, it, it's like you know. In I think I, I I use this metaphor with Eugenia when we talked earlier that if in one minute I was living in one movie, and then this thing happened, and suddenly I'm living in this other amazing, beautiful movie that is a whole different movie. Like sometimes I'll go to the store and I'm like buying bananas and I'm like, I'm just buying these bananas. Nobody else in the store here right now knows what I have, what I know and what I have seen and what I know happens. Like every Monday night in a small town in England, in a little room, the universe behaves in a way that most of the world doesn't know about. <laughs> and yet it happens. Uh, and it's, and, and so it's absolutely addicting to feel that it's like you're for a moment, you're connected to this bigger picture that we don't fully understand yet, but just to, to feel that connection to this something bigger, uh, that feels amazing. Right. I mean, amazing. Yeah. Yep. And then like, you know, you know, when we go out, we go on our ghost hunts and whatnot, you never know what, if anything will happen, you know, you don't know who you're going to connect with. Um, like I have this thing with the tones I was telling you about, you know, yeah. the high, medium, and the low tone. If I hear a low tone, and if we're taking, say, for ghostly excursions, if we're taking people to a haunted location, and they're newbies, like Mama D has never gone. Like if I took her, and there was this low tone, I would steer clear of that. You know, mm -hmm. she's not ready for that. Experienced investigators might be, might be, mm -hmm. but then you know, some aren't. You know, and yeah. so something bad could happen. You know, not that it does. You know, it does it rarely, but it could. You know, yeah. 
steer clear of that, you yeah, know, yeah. and um, and take people away. And we still get evidence. We still get stuff everywhere else because the place, you know, there's a, there's a lot of activity in the places that we do go. That's why we go to these places, you know, because not that a spirit will jump because you said jump, you know. But they are like you're walking into conversations. They're having conversations. Yeah. So their home, you know, and you just got to respect it as their home and just, you know, announce that you're coming into their home, you know, and say, hey, we're coming in here with some people that are just here to uh, get to know you, that want to talk to you. And we hope that you will, you know, talk back with them, answer maybe some of that questions about what your life was like here, you know, yeah. and you just have a conversation like that, you know, and you will get answers. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's just, it's just all about. I'm ready. I'm all, I'm ready to come. You just let me know <laughs> when the dates are open and I'll be there. I know. I know. Next year, I guess next year we'll be starting up again. Right. You know? But this year's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Too many, too many restrictions with COVID. Yeah. And I, I would rather not, you know, take the uh, chance. And we got to make sure that, you got to make sure that. That vaccine. Well, yeah, we got to make sure that all of the uh, spirits are vaccinated. Yeah, they, the spirits definitely need to get vaccinated. Yes, 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 I, yes. I really want to know, you know, what what they are thinking about this. Yeah, yeah. Because I haven't, I haven't really asked that. I probably should. I probably should hear, you know. Yeah. Ask these spirits that are hanging around my house. I got a little boy who's, who who wasn't. He hasn't been here in a long time, Mama. He's back. He's like hanging around my stairs again. I don't know what the heck this kid he doesn't say anything, just sits on the stairs. You know, oh, and I've got these things going on, but I haven't seen him in, in about a year. And now all of a sudden he's back again. It's the season. It's, yeah, it's, I don't, yeah, maybe it's the season. I don't, yeah, maybe. Was it last year around this time? Maybe? I think so. I don't ah. remember, but that's what I heard. Huh. Huh. Yeah. You know, but he doesn't say nothing. He just sits there. You see his legs. And then I never, never see the top of his body. He's Bob has seen him downstairs sitting on the couch. So he's seen the upper part. I only see his legs and he's got shorts on stuff. So I know he's like, oh my gosh, 20s or so. And this is a very old house. So, wow. Yeah. It's really kind of neat. But I would really like to know what's up with this kid. You know, I just hope he's not in trouble, you know, and he won't. Yeah. If I see some disembodied legs swinging around my corner, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight, Gina. I, I'll tell you that. I, 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 just, I ask my dad all the time, just, just yeah, not in the hell? middle of the night, anytime, I, but like the middle of the night at the foot of my bed. Yeah. Well, that's the first time I ever had an experience with the other side was uh, my grandparents. When my both my grandparents passed away, they appeared at the foot of my bed. Oh, you man. Know, and my grandfather stuttered. And he kept saying to me, the grip of my feet, the grip of my feet. He was a little Italian guy, you know, and I'm like, what the heck? And I'm young, you know, really young. And I tell my mom, I'm like, grandpa was here and he's telling me someone's grabbing his feet. And he was sick in bed at the time. And he used to say that they were uh, like gremlin like things trying to grab his feet and oh my to gosh. Throw his blankets off, you know, oh, man. Saying that, to grab my feet, to grab my feet. And I didn't know. Oh you know, my gosh. He, he said that to me. And then when my grandmother died, she appeared, her mouth was moving, but I couldn't hear anything. Mm -hmm. so I don't know what she was saying. Mm. Well, it was weird. But Sharon, uh, Sharon here, uh, Sharon is saying, look underneath look the, under bed. the bed. I'm going to have to put my <laughs> yeah, bed right on the floor. Forget that. I'm going to have to put the bed right on the floor now. Gremlins and oh man. Well, I don't know what the, what he meant by, well, that was according to him. He said they were like gremlin-like things, but it could have been anything, you know, like it was, he was kind of out of it. 
Oh, yeah. see this? Yeah, I don't know what it is with the foot of the bed. It's always the foot no. of the bed. I know. That's the hot spot. Would you rather they sat next to you on the bed? Oh, I'd rather they I came like during the middle of the, the nice middle. sunny day. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> so many once, lights. Yeah. My my house in Massachusetts after my husband passed away. Right. I have I had um a black lab. You know, and she used to jump up on the bed and you could feel her paws. You know, bump bump bump. You know, and stuff. And then Lacey, she was a little dog. Now. Max passed away. I got Lacey. Max passed away. Later, my husband passes away. And I swear, I've seen Max a few times in the house, you know. Mm. But I'm going to bed one night, and I feel the jump on the bed and the pause. And then all of a sudden, I hear Lacey on the floor next to me. And I'm oh, going, wow. oh, no. <laughs> what is you know what just climbed into my bed you know so i'm like do i want to look do i want to look do I wanna look? oh my god and then i you know i i looked over and the strangest thing this is how i found out i can butt jump right <laughs> this, this thing came down from the ceiling i swear to god it was like the size of like a um softball black and it looked like a spider because ah! it was like black yes, and, it, and it had it had like smoky i thought it was like legs and it was coming floating down from the ceiling oh. on that side of the bed so i butt jump out of the bed i mean i went from laying flat to up yeah down, right and oh i gosh. flick on a light right away and if it was this gigantic tarantula you would find it i would see it you would find right. it there's nothing nothing okay. and i mean i put the bed i vacuum everything i'm looking with the flashlight i'm just like what the hell and then i'm yelling at if it's a spirit i'm yelling you know you guys know better than not to come into my bedroom at night do not come in here especially not shaped as a spider for goodness sake oh. i know because i hate them i hate them Oh. oh my God! Do I hate him? I have to vacuum like the entire universe. Yeah. One oh of my come hands. on! Just tell the truth. She sleeps with the vacuum. Oh, <laughs> I just, the vacuum is the vacuum is right there because I had a spider on my arm on the bed and I'm, no. So there's a vacuum there ready to go in case anything happens ever again. <laughs> oh my God! But I don't like that's it. it. Tonight I'm sleeping. I'm sleeping with the lights on and the vacuum beside my bed. That's that. That's how I'm gonna have so to much, sleep. Yeah, so much stuff mm -hmm. happens, and so many different ways and shapes in that house too. Because I would mm -hmm. sit, you know, drink my coffee in bed in the morning, and I could look down my hallway, and I could see into my office door, and I saw a full, a whole like shape forming like a shadow, and then mm. it came down the hall, and then turned into like a white streak right by my door so of course i was on my phone drinking my coffee first thing in the morning and what do i do i'm an investigator boom i'm up i'm taking pictures so i got the picture of the face forming on the door i got it coming down the hall i got to turn it into the white streak you know it's like wow pictures in a row boom 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 caught the whole thing oh, you know because wow. a lot of people go and i'm like give me the camera catch it you know what i mean i'm just i'm that i'm an investigator i catch it and i get yeah. it and i'll, I'll do wow. the emotional part of it later but you know i, I will catch yeah it. and i, wow. and, I have, and that house was just crazy stuff yeah <laughs> oh really <laughs> nice a spirit spider or a snake so i love to watch people squirm <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm getting like I'm getting like itchy yeah. thinking about it. I vacuumed today, and I'm like I'm probably stirred up something. <laughs> but it's it's crazy. But the things that happen, I just you never know. You just don't know mm-hmm. what's going to happen yeah. where you go, how a spear is going to react to any certain person, who they're going to connect with, who they're going to feel comfortable with. You know, and then these strong spirits, like I feel like your dad is like one of those really strong spirits, you know, and he loved you guys that much. Right. But he wanted you guys to know. Right. Right. It wasn't it wasn't a painful death that it wasn't, you know, Mm -hmm. it was quick, that it was okay, that he's okay, that you Mm -hmm. guys are going to be okay. And I think that's amazing. Amazing. yeah, Yeah. And I think it's great that he raised a kid like you. Hmm. That would actually go to look after, look for the truth of it. Yeah. Well, he gave us this incredible gift, incredible gift, because I now have zero doubt after all of this, zero, that he truly is still around. Uh, and and to 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 know that, I mean, um, it's like night and day. You know, I'm I'm I feel lighter and happier than I think maybe I ever have. Um, so he he pulled us out of that deep dark hole. And um, and gave us this incredible, incredible gift. I know. And you know, none of your lives will ever be the same. No, no. But this is a good thing because this is this is exactly the thing that needs to get out there, because the world does need to connect on this level. You know. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. Important. It's important. There's a there's a reason that all this stuff happens. There's a reason that all these people are going to have to get pulled together. I know it. And um, ugh, we are almost out of time here, and I can have you on for like another three hours. I swear to God. <laughs> but uh, how do I even want to end this now? We all right. We got. We got. Let me put up your. Come on, my mouse is not cooperating. There you go. So, go to mikeanthony.com. Check them out. Check. Watch the series on Netflix. Right? Good. Surviving death. Yeah, there's a whole series. He's in the. Uh, I think it was the second, um, the second one. Uh, the second, third, and fourth. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you can skip the first one. Get to the meat of it. Start there. <laughs> but check him out on YouTube. Um, seriously, but but the book. I, I have no idea what life of the Hamilton is all about because I only read your other one. So, um, <laughs> you know, this here, what, what is, what is this one? That's a whole different guy. That's just, uh, my, I was bartending at Hamilton, which was, you know, a Broadway show that totally took over the, the mm-hmm. world for a while. And, uh, that's just about my, my amazing experiences, worldly experiences, uh, mostly, uh, at Hamilton. Cool. So if you guys are into that, then get that book. Right? <laughs> oh, so, get both. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So support Mike. He, he's put a lot of time, effort, and his money into making these documentaries and such, too. Um, Best money hurts. I've ever spent. Best yeah, money I've ever does, spent. It does cost a lot of money for the, the production end of it. And we yeah. know all about it, you know? Um, so let's see. We're, what do you want to leave our, our people with? I mean, what? Okay. Uh, Why do they want to get this? I mean, the the reason that I ended up writing the book is that the experiences that my family had were so amazing and life affirming and grief alleviating that it, it it actually felt unfair to not share 
the story. So the book is there for people who might need it. You know, at this point in my life, I write a bit about, you know, skeptics and debunkers in the book. At this point, I am now at the point that I don't need to convince anybody. You know, if someone is a, as a wall up, I, I just, I don't need to convince anybody. I know. And the book is there for people who might be wondering if, or if they're on the fence about this kind of thing. Uh, that's who the book is for. I, my hope is that um, it can provide some comfort uh, because to me, the evidence is overwhelming, overwhelming that we are much more than our bodies. I mean, that, that is just crystal clear to me. Uh, and that's, you know, that perspective can really change your life. And that's what the book is for. Very cool. Very cool. Mama, you've been very quiet this whole time. I really want to know what's going on with you. And okay. Wanna... Something happened when you were talking about when you went to the, to the theater and um, a win-win outcome. Um, and you were talking about the butterfly that came down. Pink yeah. It was pens. I'm in Quebec. It's still kind of coldish. There's no, definitely no butterflies, even though there's a ton on my wall right now. Um, but there's no, nothing of that winged little critters around here just yet. But when you were talking about him, I had a teeny tiny little moth fluttering around me and just kept irritating the crap out of me. Oh, so, wow. Yes. yes. So at one point you'll go back, if you go back and watch it, just see me. Okay. Yes. That's, that's, oh, it's yeah. awesome. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. 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 But there's that one point where you would just like, I know, and the thing is, I could, see, I could see that, which is really bizarre. I could see myself doing that. I could hear you guys talking, but I couldn't see you. I could see me, if that makes sense. A little out-of-body experience. Yeah, which normally doesn't happen, especially not while I'm on a show. Right. <laughs> like, never. Fall asleep, fall asleep. Don't watch yourself doing it. It's not a good thing. It just doesn't yeah. happen. Never, never happen. Never, never happened before. But, um, Mike, you, you're the... You're so much fun. Oh, I've know? had such a great time. Such a great time. Yeah, and so full of energy. So yeah, next time I'll be a little bit more talkative if certain people would just behave themselves. And I'm not <laughs> talking about the ones on the screen either. <laughs> I know. I know. I have a I have a lamp with fringes over here. And I actually turned off the air conditioner in the room to see if that was what's making these fringes move. No. There's not mm. my fringes are getting messed with. There's a lot of stuff. There's been a lot. This show has had a lot of. Yeah, I had I had that weird speaker. My yeah, it has yeah. never happened where it just randomly said something. Yeah. yeah, I know. I'd like to like run. I'd like to run this whole audio through um, my way yeah. just to see if there's any EVPs in it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, is that the investigator in me? You know, because there was some no weird noise coming from your um, your end too during the show so just to say sure. a, few, a few odds odd things sharon says amazing guest yes oh yes thank you sharon yes. well the name like mike i can go on i know what i'll be doing after this netflix <laughs> beautiful beautiful that is awesome all right so listen i hope to have you back on the show someday this would be I anytime would, i would love it you know just to, and continue doing what you're doing um it's been it's been a pleasure so thank you Right, my pleasure us. anytime hang with us all right good night everybody we're gonna see Hello. you next week with Navor. see you then thank you again for joining us for another episode in the fox den 
We're here every Thursday evening from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, bringing you a variety of guests, streaming live on Facebook, YouTube, and our anchor venues. We would love it if you would go to our YouTube channel, The Fox Den, with Gina B. and Mama D. And please subscribe, share, and definitely hit the notification button to never miss a show. We'll see you all next week. And subscribers, watch for our pop-up shows as well.